Good morning, church. Welcome to our first back in the building service. Things are going to look a little bit different to you. If you are sitting there looking for a songbook, you're going to see right away they're not available. If you're singing, according to the CDC, you are supposed to have a mask on, or be t I'm supposed to be 12 foot away from the nearest person. So if you're one of those that likes to break into song, you need to put a mask on. That's, that's not my regulation now. I'm just saying to be safe, that's if you're going to sing, you need a mask on. Uh, we're not asking you to sing. Uh, I'm going to do some songs, but I'm going to just be singing without the mask, supposedly 12 foot away from you. If this is a normal service, there are going to be people coming in. We've got that last five-minute crowd that's coming in. And so you may have to ooch over just a little bit. And I'm sure that you'll be willing to do that. If you're sitting with a friend, the, the CDC says if it's not a family member, you ought to have your mask on. But now we're not asking, we're not going to come and throw you out of the service. We're just saying to be safe to you and to others. That's what the restriction, be, be patient with us. Be understanding. If you're looking at me thinking I know what I'm doing, you're going to see right away I do not know what I'm doing. This is all new territory, but we're trying to do what is safe for you and for the glory of the Lord. We're going to start this morning by singing, and now Mary, we're planning on doing all five verses of Trust and Obey. When we walk with the Lord, in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still, and with all who will trust and obey. Trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Not a shadow can rise, not a cloud in the skies, but his smile quickly drives it Not a doubt or a fear, not a sign or a tear can abide while we trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Not a burden we bear, not a sorrow we share, but a toll he doth richly repay. Not a grief nor a loss, not a brown nor a cross, but is blessed if we trust and obey. 
left and drove it, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. But we never can prove the delights of His love until all of the we live for the favor he shows and the joy he bestows are for them who trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey and in fellowship sweet We will sit at his feet Or we we'll walk by his side in the way What he says we will do Where he sends we will go Never fear, only trust There's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Vanis, would you pray for us? Amen. Brother Good, come talk to us. Good morning, church. Good morning, Brother Gary. I hope they did a better job. <laughs> hey, Elizabeth, go over there. Lead them in a cheerleading session. Say, good morning, church. Good morning, Brother Gary. At least we're inside, right? Amen. Amen. Good to see you today. We're glad that you're here. Just a few announcements. Uh, uh, <clears throat> meet with the Budget and Finance Committee meeting tonight. If they approve the budget, because they're just about done, then they'll be presenting that to the church this way. We're going to mail out a copy to you this week. You'll have a chance to look it over. Next Sunday morning, uh, at the end of the service, we're, just, we're not going to pass out secret ballots. We're just going to say A or nay and vote on the budget. We're going to do the same thing about the nominee committee. I meet with them. They're almost done, but there are several things that they have. Uh, we need a third and fourth grade Sunday school teacher, a fifth and sixth grade Sunday school teacher. We need a backup teacher for the contemporary class. Uh, I think we need co-teachers or helpers for the first and second and third and fourth uh, Wednesday night team kids and a fifth and sixth grade Wednesday night team kid helper. Uh, we need 
a Joyful Jammers choir director or co-director or helper. No Christmas program this year because there's not time to prepare it, but maybe an Easter program. Somebody to head up the church library. Uh, we have openings on building grounds, transportation, decorating, showers. Uh, that does not mean bathing. Hospitality. They didn't get that, did they? Okay. Grow, nursing home ministry, different things of that nature. Uh, please contact the office if, any, if, if the Lord leads you to any of that. Pray about those things. And then we also are looking for volunteers. We have the annual meeting for the association on October 5th. No meal. You have to wear a mask the whole time, and we'll be at the River Bible Church, and they will be social distancing. So be aware of those things. Uh, let's see. I think that's it. But other than it is so good to see you. Jimmy Morgan is having a birthday today. If you see him, will you uh, tell him happy birthday? Brian Bursch, you remember that, Lorraine? Good to see you and Roger back from all your wandering over the country. Brian's birthday is on the 28th. Carolyn Hannaford, just a special word of prayer for them this morning. Most of you know that Robert is bad. And he is not in intensive care, right, Brother Gary, but a step down, step down. So you pray for her and Robert, that whole family. And Amanda Wooden, Amanda, I hope you're over there in that other building. Happy birthday to you, if you are. I hope Carter James is over there performing and I'm not able to see him. How do I look, Ann? Do I look good? I can't tell. I can't see you, but I'm trusting. You sure, Joey, they can see me, right? over there in the Christian Fellowship Hall. Yes. Diana, Diane Anderson, happy birthday to you on the 29th. And Chris and Kelly Barkley, happy anniversary to you. Uh, I hope I didn't miss anyone, uh, but if I did, we want you to have a special day in spite of that. So would you sing with me, please, as we sing happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday, God bless you, happy birthday to you. We're now going to sing Blessed Redeemer. Sing with us. If you, all you got to do is put your mask on, right, Brother Gary? What, Brother Gary's got his on. He's going to be singing his little heart out. If you're looking, that's 326. You know better. Yeah. Up Calvary's mountain, one dreadful morn. Walk Christ my Savior, weary and worn. Facing for sinners, death on the cross. That he might save them from endless loss. Blessed Redeemer, precious Redeemer. Same now I see him on Calvary's tree. 
wounded and bleeding for sinners pleading blind and unheeding dying for me Father forgive them thus did he pray even while his light blood flowed fast away praying for sinners while in such woe no one but Jesus ever loved so blessed Redeemer precious Redeemer same now I see him on Calvary's tree wounded and bleeding for sinners bleeding blind and unheeding dying for me oh I love him Savior and friend how can my prayer Ever find him through years unnumbered on heaven's shore? My tongue shall praise him forevermore. Blessed Redeemer, precious Redeemer, seem now I see. On Calvary's tree, wounded and bleeding, all sinners bleeding, blind and unheeding, dying for me. Well, when we could no longer meet inside, Beth Hill was down to do a special. And I thought we'd be about two or three weeks. So I said, you just keep practicing, Beth. Just keep practicing. So God has given us an opportunity for her to sing for you this morning. So uh, Beth Hill is going to come now and do our special for us. Good morning. Good morning. It seems the last time I sang was the last Sunday in February. And then after that, it's been seven months. And there's been an awful lot of junk going on. And this song, yes, Ronnie, I practice this song just about every day because I never knew when we were going to get back together again. And it means a lot to me. Because it got me through all that this junk has been going on and will be. You raise me up. Now, I'm not Josh Groban, so just put that right out of your mind. And we started this business down here. 
my soul so burdened when troubles come and my heart burdened be then I am still and wait here in the silence until you come Lord and sit a while with me you raise me up so I can stand on mountains. You raise me up to walk on stormy seas. I am strong when I am on your shoulders. You raise me up to more than can be
Miss Beth, that was wonderful. Let's open our Bibles this morning to Genesis chapter 12, a very familiar passage of Scripture. So grateful, uh, Brother Galen and the others who have worked so hard, our deacons, to get us to this point. Uh, without Brother Galen's expertise and some help, uh, we would not be able to live stream or anything else, so make sure you thank him. Okay. And Stephanie's in the other building. She keeps everything going and arranges the meetings that we need and keeps contact and tries to keep me lined up, which is a full-time job. But she's done an excellent job getting us through this time of COVID. This has been truly a unique experience, one I hope we don't ever have to go through again. Uh, I never thought I'd see the day when uh, we wouldn't have church on an Easter Sunday, but we did. And no matter what uh, you think of uh, the pandemic, I really don't want to know, so don't tell me. Uh, it has affected our lives in a lot of different ways. And I don't know what you've learned during the midst of this. What I've learned is that God is still on his throne. And as Miss Beth said, he lifts us up. So we're at this place and this time because he's enabled us to do so and we should be grateful Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3 will be our text this morning. Genesis 12, verses 1 through 3. Notice, now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I'll make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Let's pray. Father, it is so good to be in your house. Lord, here in the sanctuary. Lord, in our Christian fellowship hall. Your faithful people have been so good. Those that have done the lawn. Those that have... Uh, put out the flowers for us to enjoy, those who have cleaned, the deacons who have called folks and tried to keep up with folks. Father, we bow in your presence because you are worthy of all praise and glory and honor. Continue to help us. In the midst of this pandemic, people are still getting sick. People are still hurting, maybe worse off because they can't have friends and family as close to them. And Father, there are so many within our church family that have been attacked. Pray for Mr. Robert there in the hospital and the bad news that he received. I pray that as they go forward, maybe it won't be as bad as what they're saying. And if not, Lord, you give them the grace that they need. For the others that are suffering, Lord, here in our church family, across our nation and around the world, would you minister to them? Through the midst of this, Lord, you be glorified. My prayer has been that, Holy Spirit, you would come and send revival not only across America, but across the world, we need to be drawn back to you. To that end, forgive us of our sins. Speak to our hearts from your word. And Father, let us not be forgetful hearers, but faithful doers. And right now, you just have your way with us. We're waiting on you. In Christ's name, amen. Robert Mar Moffat was, uh, unless you've studied a lot of church history, you might not know that name. Robert Moffat was one of the earliest uh, missionaries to Africa. And he came back to his native England to preach and try to 
uh, stir up people for more to be called of God to go there and preach. His famous quote was, I've seen in the morning mist the smoke of a thousand campfires where Jesus has never been preached. He was at a particular meeting at a small church, and he was a little bit discouraged. He got there, and there was about 10 or 15 present, but they were all ladies. And he had chosen as his text, Unto you, O men, I call, out of Proverbs 8, 4. And he thought, these ladies can't stand the rigors of Africa. Lord, did I just mess up? And feeling the Holy Spirit tell him to go ahead and preach, he went ahead and preached. Now, the significant thing about that was he forgot that there was one young man present. He was a lad of about 10 to 12 years old. And back then, you had to work the bellows for the pump organ. And that's what he was there for. But he was so so enthralled with Moffat's message and that men needed to go to Africa for Christ that he gave his heart and life to Jesus there and said that's what he would do. He went on and got a doctor's degree and forsook all the wealth and the prestige that might be his. And he lived the rest of his life as a missionary in Africa. His name was Dr. David Livingston. God was at work even when Moffat couldn't seem at work. Even if you're doubting it, you need to understand that God is still on his throne. He's still at work. But he works through you and through me. He calls us to join him in the work he is doing. God's call always requires our response of faith. God's call should always be a priority in your lives. I read a little thing back when Emily Post was in the newspaper and she gave advice. And the question was this. What is the correct procedure when one is invited to the White House and has a previous engagement? Her answer way back then was very succinct. An invitation to dine for lunch or dinner at the White House takes precedence. It takes priority over any other event you had planned. You must go and respond to the invitation. When God calls us, we have to respond. And He should take priority in our lives that we make sure that we answer God's call in faith. And so I want to look at two or three things about Abraham's call that will help us. It says in chapter 12, verse 1, Now the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house to a land I will show you. The first thing we need to understand, God calls us to salvation and separation. Did you hear that? God calls us to salvation and separation. Now under that, notice point A would be God's initiative. The Lord said to Abram, He did not say that Abram was searching for God. He did not say that that Abraham was seeking God. It said that God sought out Abram and said to him, Get out of your country, away from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. God always takes the initiative in searching out people, in calling people unto himself. That's why when Jesus was here on this earth, in Luke 19.10, he said, I have come to seek and to save 
that which is lost. In our day, a few years ago, it was very popular to have seeker services. People were seeking God. You didn't want to offend them, you wouldn't know this. The only problem with that is, that's not biblical. Now, it is biblical to love people. It is biblical to make them feel welcome at church. It is biblical to gear things towards where they understand the word. But see, they're not going to seek God on their own. God seeks them. Now, I'm going to lay a little bomb on you, church. The reason they had seeker services is because we weren't doing our jobs. Jesus said, I have come to seek and to save that which is lost. As followers of Christ, we are called to seek and to save those who are lost. And when we're doing our job, we don't have to have seeker services. We're out there beating the bushes and finding lost folks. Hello? Some people didn't like that, Brother Ronnie. Somebody look in faces over there and tell me how they like it over there. I don't like not being able to look them in the eye. They can get away with too much. They might be dancing over there. Creative movement because they're Baptist. But see, God takes the initiative. And the initiative is, first of all, to be saved and then to be separated. I'm calling you out, Abraham, out from where you've known. See, that's our response. Do we respond in faith? Do we accept Christ as our personal Lord and Savior? Do we understand we have sinned and we've fallen short of the glory of God? Do we understand the wages, the payment for sin is death? Do we understand the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord? A gift isn't ours until we accept it. When we accept the finished work in faith of Christ on the cross, repent of our sins, we are saved. But he also calls us to be separate. See, it's a call for obedience. In this verse, I believe he's calling Abraham to get out of the world. Get out of what you've known. Your life's going to be different. In Leviticus 20, verse 26, it says this. You shall be holy to me, for I, the Lord, am holy, and have separated you from the peoples, that you should be mine. He calls us to salvation and to separation. Now, separation doesn't mean that you're not to have any contact with the world. Jesus said you're in the world, but not of the world. It means we're to live a life that is winsome. We're to live a life of witness. We're to live a life that is different. We're separated. Separated there means called to be holy. Separate means set aside for God's use. Separate, separate means set aside to do what God would have us to do. We have to obey that call. Salvation and separated. There should never be a question of whether, whether we are Christians or not or who we belong to. Our lives should show it. Amen? There's lots of places in there. Do we understand that? We're called to be separated. I remember being in my last semester of seminary. It was so busy. Uh, The girls had been born. They were still in the hospital. I was trying to go to school. And so I'd get up in the morning, take Elizabeth to see the girls because they were still in the hospital. And I'd take her back home and she'd cry all the way home. And yes, I'm talking about you again, Elizabeth. I can't see your face turn red. And then I'd go to classes and then go to work. And after work, take her back and we'd stay till about midnight and then leave again. In the midst of that, at work one day, we were sitting around talking about graduating. We assumed we were going to graduate. Some of them knew they were. I had to hope and pray. And the talk became, what are we going to do after we graduate? We're talking about serving in 
You know, some were going to be music ministers. Some uh, would be uh, different kinds of work, education. Some would uh, work with the youth or the children. Some were going to be pastors. But almost every one of us had one desire, and that was to go back home to serve. And not go back home to necessarily the town we were from, but go back to our home states. There were some from North Dakota. There were some from uh, Georgia and Alabama and some uh, from way up uh, in Virginia, some from out west. Okay, And that was pretty much a consensus. And, And I remember the best piece of advice we ever got from the boss, our boss. He said, men, and when he called us boys, we were in trouble. When he called us men, we were okay. He said, men, remember, you can never go forward looking back. You can't keep looking back where you came from. You've got to go forward looking where God has called you. And that caused us to have to stop and look. See, God calls us to a new way of life. He called Abraham to a land he would show him. Think about it. Abraham had never been there. Abraham didn't know where he was going. It's a different way of life. And he couldn't see where he was going until he left the place where he was at. Do we understand that? When you walk with faith according to God's call, you're not going to see it until you get there. It takes faith. But it's got to be a response of faith. Do we understand that we are called to salvation and separation? It doesn't mean that we're separate. But it means that we're in the world but not of the world. In Mark chapter 10 verses 44 and 45. Jesus told us something about that. He said, and whoever you desire to be first shall be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. See, greatness in the kingdom is measured differently. Greatness means we obey and we follow. Greatness means we go wherever God tells us to go. How can we tell the one who knows everything, who knows us better than we know ourselves, who knows the future, who knows exactly what's going to happen to us, how can we tell him, no, I'm not going there. I won't be safe. Or no, I'm not going to do that. I won't be happy. Or no, I'm not going to do that. That'd make me too uncomfortable. That makes no sense at all. God calls us to use us in his kingdom where he knows we are fit for service because he calls us, he qualifies us, he empowers us, and we have to answer in faith and obedience. Some this morning through the midst of this pandemic have been saying, well, I can't do this, I can't do that. Well, if you're obeying the health regulations, good for you. I see too many who are not. Okay. Been asked, well, why are we doing this, Brother Gary? We could just meet together and do whatever we want to. And church after church that I've checked on or the places I know have met and ignored the things that we are doing and have had COVID outbreaks and people are sick And people, they shut the church down for at least two weeks. The one in Marshall, that faithful pastor there, a friend of Stephanie's, even died. That's why we're doing it. Because God gave us the ability to be smart enough to do it. Amen. Uh, Some of you are still shaking your heads now. That's okay. But you see, we need to ask ourselves, we're called to be saved, 
If you haven't responded to Jesus, you need to do that today. We're called to be separate, to live a different life. If you're not living for Jesus, you need to rededicate your life to him today. You need to answer that call. So we're called to salvation and separation, but we're also called to service. In verse 2, he says this. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. You shall be a blessing. So what does that do with service? Well, because God said, I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to make you a great nation. Great. You're going to be great. In our day, we think of, boy, he's going to have lots of money, lots of possessions. And he did. And he said... We think of that as being power and prestige and we have influence over people. And those kind of folks, you know, we're famous. We're just great. But the kingdom of God doesn't measure greatness. That, that Mark passage I just read to you told you that. In Matthew 20, 25, Jesus said this. He drew them to himself and he said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. Whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. See, greatness in God's kingdom is different. The last shall be first. The first shall be last. The one who serves the most is the greatest. We've got it just backwards in our day. True greatness means we serve Jesus. And that means we serve others, especially one another. And our world has it just totally different. See, greatness in the kingdom is measured by service. But... It doesn't just mean greatness when we're called to service. It means grace. He said, I will make you great. And then did we read the list of it? And you shall be a blessing. How is he going to be a blessing? Well, we know ultimately that he was a blessing because the Messiah would come through Abraham's lineage. And he was a blessing because through his lineage, we were able to be saved. Praise God. But that is based on God's grace. I'm going to give you a little hint Our service is based on God's grace also. So greatness is also equated, I want you to catch it, with the grace we share with other folks. The best thing that ever happened to me, Jesus saved me. I didn't deserve it. It was by his grace. Can never get over why he would save me. I wasn't worthy. Why he would even look at me. Wrong side of the tracks kind of kid. And I acted like it, unfortunately. There was nothing in me that was worthy of the price Jesus paid on the cross. It was God's grace alone, by faith alone, in Christ alone, that saved me. How could I not help but want to serve him? What about you? As I serve, I share God's grace. As you serve, you share God's grace. As I tell other people about Jesus, we share the grace of God. It's open to them. Will they respond to God's grace? The call means a call to service. Greatness through service and the grace of God abounds as we serve Jesus in his kingdom.
Now I'm going to meddle a little bit, but some people tell me they don't have to be a member of a church to be a Christian. I say, you're right, you don't, but you're not much of a Christian if you're not serving in the church. Because whatever they want to say, Jesus said, this is my church and I'll build it. He said, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That's because we're serving and spreading God's grace. I meant to bring a basin today and I didn't. You know what a basin is? My grandmother used to have a, a red and white granite ware basin. And we washed our hands in it. And she would heat the water up because when I was young, she didn't have inside water. And she finally got inside water, but that was just, we still had to go outside for the privy. If you don't know what a privy is, ask somebody who knows. But I can remember heating the water and pouring it in there and letting it cool down, washing your hands or doing the dishes the same way. Bruce Thielman was a pastor of the First Presbyterian Church in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And he shared the story of talking with his deacon or elder. And he said, you know, you preachers talk a lot about giving. But when it comes down to it, it's really what you need is basin theology. Basin theology, what is that? He said, well, you remember. Do you remember what Pilate did when he could have freed Jesus, but he turned him over to the crowd? Do you remember what he did first? He washed his hands of the matter in the basin. Do you remember what Jesus did when he took the basin full of water the night he was betrayed? He washed the feet of the disciples. So the question is, do we wash our hands of the matter and the services up to the pastor and the deacons and the other folks? We just wash our hands of it. Are we willing to get down to the grimy, dirty feet? I don't want to wash your feet, but if that's what it takes, that's what we'll do. I can't wait to wash his feet. I'll bet he's ticklish. I'm pointing at Herb Hill, those that cannot see. He's ticklish on his feet. I can't wait. We're going to have a foot washing sometime after COVID is over. Herb will make sure he is not here for that service. But you understand what I'm saying. We're not called to sit, but to serve. God has gifted each of us. Because when we're saved, the Holy Spirit resides within us. It's God's down payment. It's God's seal that we are His. It's a promise of the future. But when you read 1 Corinthians, starting about chapter 11, through the gifts, He gives each one individually as He wills. That gift is not to gain rust. It's not to gain dust. It's to be used in God's church to serve. After we've answered the call to salvation and the call to separation, we're supposed to step up and serve. If you're not doing that, you need to find a place to serve. Call the office. We've got lots of places to serve. But pray first. And by the way... If you don't remember, somebody come, I got a great idea. We need to do this ministry. And then they get upset with me. And I said, good, you're in charge of it. And somebody said, well, why would you do that? Nobody will come talk to you. Because if God has laid that on your heart, that's what he's revealed for you to do. Don't lay your burden of the Lord on me. I've got enough of my own. Right? Okay. Let's go on. So we're called salvation and separation. We're called to service in a practical way in the church. And I'm so glad we are because I see you using your gifts. And it thrills me 
I see you grow when you start doing things that you haven't done before because I think, whoo, God's alive in their life. Y'all should be excited about that too. Because if you hadn't heard from God about service, then something's wrong with your walk and you need to find out what. The last thing is this. We're called to security. Oh, I love this. We're called to salvation and separation and service and security. Look at verse 3. And I will bless those who bless you. I'll curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Wow. What is God's promise? I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty secure to me. God's people are to be a blessing, and God is going to bless those. People all the time tell me, well, Israel does this, and Israel does that. We need to quit giving them money. You better not. That promise is irrevocable. He's going to bless those who bless them and curse those who curse them. But for God's children, because we're the new Israel, right? We've been grafted in. Do you read Romans like that? He blesses those who bless us and curses those who curse us. You don't have to hold a grudge. You don't have to get even. You don't have to mark it down. The Lord says, vengeance is mine. Paul instructed us. If your enemy needed fed or watered, you do that because it puts coals of fire on their head. That sounds like an unpleasant thing to me. What What he's telling us is this. Are you ready? Act like Jesus. Did Jesus curse those who hammered him to the cross? Did he call down thunder and lightning on those who plucked out his beard and spit in his face? Did he cause some plague to come down on those who put that crown of thorns on his head and then beat it in? What about the guy who was lashing him with the cat of nine tails and pulling great chunks of flesh off of his back? Talk about pain, mistreatment, injustice, the one who knew no sin, who was totally innocent, murdered. What did he tell Peter when Peter cut the servant's ear off? Don't do that. I have 10,000 legions of angels I could call down. He didn't do any of that. There he is on the cross. Can you see him? Father, forgive them. And we're called to realize our position that we are blessed and God is with us. I want to say something about this. Abraham and Sarai, or Abram and Sarai, had to go where they had never gone. They encountered many difficulties. Just because we have promises of God and just because we're blessed of God does not mean this life doesn't have trials, tribulations, problems, headaches, pains. Do you understand that? Don't listen to those who tell you if you just have enough faith, you won't have any problems. I don't find that in the Bible. Do you think anybody had greater faith than Jesus? There's a lot of problems he went through. Abraham experienced a famine and ran down to Pharaoh and then said, this is my sister, not my wife, and God had to deliver him. He didn't learn his his, his lesson. Later on, he went down to the Philistines to Abimelech and did the same thing, and God still blessed him. 
when he had to fight with the kings that had destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah and carried Lot and everything off, God blessed him. But he still had to do the fighting. See, our call is not a life of luxury and ease. It's to separation, salvation, service, and security in a trouble-filled world. But Jesus said, in the world you'll have trouble, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. He went on to say in Matthew 28, I'll be with you always. That's the difference of the Christian life. No matter what trouble I get myself in or the world gets me in, Jesus still loves me enough not to abandon me. He does the same thing for you. read a book one time on Job, and it was by a pastor. He said this, and I guess I'll quote him. Elizabeth's going to be, I'll say it a different way. He said, when all heck breaks loose, you know what heck is. He said, when that breaks loose, praise God, you're doing something right, because the devil's upset. The closer we have drawn to opening church back up, and the more we're trying to open it, the more problems the church is faced with attacks on our members. Pray for one another means we're doing something correctly. Now, what about you? Do you realize you've been called of God to salvation, to separation, to service, to security? Are you praising God for that? Are you working in the kingdom? Are you sharing that with others? Some need to come this morning. Even those up in the in the Christian Family Fellowship Hall can see me in a few minutes after this service. If you need to come, we'll social distance as much as we can, but you need to come. Maybe you need to come to rededicate your heart and life to Jesus. Maybe to forgive somebody. Maybe to praise God for keeping you safe thus far. Maybe to surrender to whatever he has for you to do. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to stand, and then Brother Ronnie's going to lead us in a hymn of invitation. Let's pray. Father... Thank you for allowing us to be together. We're not all the way together yet. We want to be everybody together in the same building. That will happen as you deal with this pandemic. They're warning us of all kinds of stuff. Lord, you stop it in its tracks. Lord, you bring about your glory from it. And Father, once again, send your Holy Spirit and bring revival across our nation and across the world. We pray for souls to be saved. Guide us now as we do this invitation hymn in Christ's name. Amen.
ceiling spar as thou hast died for me oh may my love to thee pure warm and changeless be a living that door or these two doors wherever you want to go okay um, I would say wear your mask outside shake hands outside that's what the government's telling us to do so that's up to you you'll see deacons at each one of the doors if you didn't get to put your offering in when you came in you can do it on the way out same thing upstairs they'll have buckets those green buckets just drop them drop your offering in one of those okay <clears throat> any questions before we go we'll post I can't remember the exact what the letters are next time, but we'll limit, we have to limit it to about 55 to 60 people in here, and so it'll be the next few letters, it's according to how many is in each letter is what we're having trouble with, and we'll just keep rotating, some will stay in here, if you, there's somebody you want to sit with every single Sunday, and you don't want to miss that, and your names are different, reserve a spot up there, and just stay up there all the time, I've got several folks that do that, the deacons are going to clean in here first, and then we'll start asking for volunteers, i uh, got ladies that are already volunteered to clean up there. We're spraying everything down. That's why you don't have any songbooks. We spray everything down, okay? And it'll kill the virus. We've already tested it. It didn't turn the underside of these color, so we're hoping it doesn't do the top side, okay? It didn't do the carpet either, so we're going to spray it down so it'll be safe for you and for me, okay? Uh, let's be dismissed with a word of prayer.